All right, here we go. Death, Taxes, and Local Music, episode number two. Today, there's three things I wanted to talk about. Number one, the Punkorama Tours. Number two, my introduction to local music. And number three, a show you can't miss this weekend, a band you can't miss, and a local venue celebrating a very important anniversary. All right, the Punkorama Tours. Now, there's going to be a lot of facts and a lot of information I may get wrong or I may not know because as you age, your brain slowly deteriorates and you can't remember quite as much as you once did. If I miss anything, if I need clarification, if you can help me out with anything, please, there's a call. There's a call-in function. We'll add it to the station. All right, the Punkorama Tours. So back in the mid to late 90s, Epitaph Records, along with many others, released these fantastic punk rock compilations. For guys like myself, they were absolutely the only way to hear new bands. They were cheap and affordable at $5, usually for 30 songs. And unless you're talking about short songs or short people, which a compilation had, I believe, 99 songs, um, 99 punk bands, some very notable, doing 30-second tracks. The Punkorama Tour in itself followed that suit, followed suit with that idea. So the Riddell Center in Regina at the university would have these shows that would have five phenomenal bands on one bill. One of the ones I recall, uh, Union 13, The Deviates, along with, I believe it was uh, U.S. Bombs and Dropkick Murphys, which if you think about it now is an incredible show. Some of the highlights from that show for me were, number one, standing beside Dwayne Peters, who is not only the frontman of the U.S. Bombs, he's also a skateboarding legend who apparently Tony Hawk stole some moves from, to which Dwayne Peters kicked his ass. That's a rumor. I highly recommend watching the Who Cares Dwayne Peters story documentary. It's, it's crazy, and Dwayne is nuts. He's nuts on the stage. He's nuts in real life, but he's an idol to me in the punk rock world. So at the show, I was fortunate to stand directly beside him. He chain-smoked, he had blue hair, he was covered in tattoos, he was muscular, he intimidated me, but I stood beside him. And it was one of those moments in my life where I thought, say something profound, make a friend, say something you know that's going to mean something. And I stood there and I said nothing. I stood there for close to 25 minutes and I said nothing. We stood and watched the show. I regret it now, but in the same vein, I still love the U.S. Bombs. And I'll put a song up after this segment here. Number two was, one of the things I loved about the show was that it was affordable again. Uh, much like those compilations, I believe it was like 10 or 15 bucks to get in. When you went there, Epitaph Records actually had a swag bag they gave everybody that had headphones, more compilation samplers, other really cool, you know, exciting, <coughs> fun things to get you interested in other new bands. And I thought it was such a great concept. So, uh, you know, if anybody's listening that has the ability to bring the punk tours back, please do. I would go to every goddamn one, and I would love every single minute of it. All right, my introduction to Saskatchewan music and local music. You know, I'd always kind of been aware that local music was out there, Saskatchewan music was out there, but it wasn't until I had a chance opportunity to provide music for a skating rink in downtown Victoria Park that was free to the general public that I really dug deep. So how it worked was I was approached to provide the music. Uh, I was told that you can do top 40, you can provide anything, we'd just like you to come up with some mixtapes, some playlists for the rink. So when people are skating and having a good time, they have a soundtrack. So I thought about it and I took this opportunity to make the Skate the Sass soundtrack. Now what that was, 
was Saskatchewan music 100% as you skated. So I needed to get to work. I got CBC on board as a sponsor and they were gracious enough to help promote the initiative. I also had to reach out to as many Saskatchewan artists I knew, which, you know, over seven years ago was, was quite small, but I worked at it and I got to meet new people. And I was so incredibly impressed with not only the quality of the songs that I received from the production to the songwriting to the lyrics, everything about it was phenomenal. And I, I couldn't get enough of this music. So I had eventually getting, I got over 100 local songs that we played that winter. We got front page coverage in Regina Leader Post. And it was a phenomenal moment for me because it lit a spark inside that there was so much amazing music around me in our province, in our backyard. One of the songs that really struck a chord with me the most that to this day I credit with my introduction to Saskatchewan music was a song called Old Wood Bridge by a local group called The Local Onlys. Infrared, uh, hip-hop artist, as long as, along with Thomas Rusin, who you may know from Grain Report, some other great guys, put out the song. Uh, if I can find it on Spotify, I'll add it to this episode. If I can't, Local Onlys with a Z. Old Wood Bridge, check it out, tell me what you think. And finally, the last thing I want to talk about is Regina's Andino Sons. Now, the Andino Sons recently won a World Music Award at Breakout West, Western Canadian Music Awards in Edmonton, Alberta, and it was long overdue. This is a group of local musicians that take their Andean folk sound and they have one of the most high energy impressive live shows i think i have ever seen now the andino sons have been piling in crowds year after year and for good reason i was recently i was fortunate enough to chat with andreas davalos the frontman multi-instrumentalist high energy punk rock influence vocalist in today's leader post there's actually an article um, about the band and how they recruited all these Saskatchewan musicians for their new album, Madre, which is uh, a kind of back-to-basics, stripped-down, more folk-sounding recording. Now, Andino Sons, you have to check them out. To me, they are, they, they bring that intensity and that fire inside. They were started because they were paying respect to their Chilean heritage. They had fathers that came from a fascist regime, regime in Chile, came to Saskatchewan, and they're kind of paying respect to their heritage. They've built an enormous following locally. They've got the support of local musicians because they support local musicians. And their live show through the years continuously gets better and has been one of the live, best live shows I've seen. Now, the Andino Sons are playing Saturday night with Del Suelo, Eric Melson, who you may recognize from the Dead South, along with his solo project. And they are playing at a venue called The Exchange. Uh, the Saskatchewan Cultural Exchange Society is celebrating its 40th year. The Exchange, as a venue, is celebrating its 25th year. Now, the Exchange is iconic. If you go to the backstage area of the Exchange, you see all the bands have signed the brick wall in the back that have played there, and it is outstanding. The Exchange, nothing super fancy, but it's just such an integral part of our music scene as a venue. Amazing shows, you know, if those walls could talk, the shows they've put on. When I talked in episode one about Propaganda, the first live show I'd ever, I'd ever seen, it was at this venue. The Exchange is definitely someplace you need to go to. It's full of culture. It's full of amazing people. It's a place that I think you need to hear a live show at some point in your life. So why not do it this weekend And Dino Sons, Saturday, October 14th at The Exchange.